All right, this is Jared with episode 25, Lefty's Precision Rifle Podcast. I got Chad on me again, and we're going to discuss the match that we just shot this last weekend at Great Plains. It was the Great Plains Precision PRS Regional Qualifier. So, Chad, how's it been? Oh, it's been good, good. So, I think most of the people that listen will know know how it went, but for those that, that didn't, um, well, let's, let's start with what'd you do to prepare? Um, to prepare actually, well, uh, you and, and I and Chris Baxter, we went out for that little practice session that really helped. Um, and really over the winter, I didn't, I didn't shoot any matches. I didn't even attempt to, I did, I did a lot more dry fire in my basement than I ever have before. And then um, I built, I think I've talked about this on prior episodes, but I've kind of built some barricades and stuff out in the pasture. And I've been working on that with my 22, just um, getting to where I'm just comfortable on a bag anywhere. So that was kind of my prep more than anything. So that's the same for me. So it's my first, first match for the year. Same thing. We went out and had that little mini practice. I think we shot fifty or sixty rounds a piece, all off of some sort of barricade or through the windows in the connex. We didn't do any really prone shooting. Mm-mm. Nope. Everything was was positional. Did some practice. All of us shot pretty good out there. You definitely shot good. Had your stuff on, and then yeah, same here. I think Chris. I think three of us have been have done more dry firing than we've done in the past trying to get it, you know, get it all together. And yeah, and we head up early in the morning for this match. So let's kind of get into it. Uh, what were you shooting caliber rifle set up? And then we'll get into that little bit of backstory. Okay. Um, I was running my six dasher. That's, that's kind of my go-to anymore. Um, probably won't be switching from it anytime soon. So, um, Six Dasher. I did. I did switch bullets um, from last year. Uh, I went from the 103 Vapor Trail to a 109 Burger. Um, I wasn't really chasing anything with it. Um, you and Chris kind of both run those, and I was impressed with them, and just really wanted to give them a try. So I purchased some, and then uh, just Alpha Brass proof barrel impact action foundation stock so and you're running you're running a little bit different powder than what the rest of us are running in dasher uh yeah i run i run 4350 in my dasher uh, i picked that up from ryan moles um, when i switched to the dasher i had eight pounds of it from my 6.5 creedmoor and didn't know what to do with it and heard he'd run it and talked to him and I just started running. It runs good. I, I enjoy it. it. Runs good. Slow pressure. I never really. I have to worry more about how much I'm going to compress a load before I have to worry about pressure. Yeah, and obviously, it worked for you this weekend. So, you want to get into your uh, my challenge or <laughs> your change the night before, basically. Oh, don't, don't do this. Don't, don't ever do this. I don't know why I did. 
I don't know. It worked out for you. Everybody might be changing stuff up after this. So, so I usually run, I, I have a foundation stock. I have an MG2 foundation stock. And um, I've been playing with a Harold's tuner break. So it's all one piece. It's not two piece. It's all machined in. And it's been running good. I, I had no reason to change, but I, I came across the deal, um, a very good deal on another foundation um, from a friend. And I decided to pick it up. I decided to buy it. And Friday night, I picked it up. And then um, Chris Baxter had um, a machining company send him some brakes for testing um, in the option to be a dealer. And we'll get into that in a future episode. So I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole. But I had one of those brakes. I had a new foundation. It was sitting there. And Jared and I went coyote hunting Friday and on the way home, I said, Hey, I'm going to go get that stock tonight. And Jared's like, I, you know, I dare you, I dare you to run it and put the new brake on tonight. And I, I did, I got home, put a new brake on, put a new foundation on. I like the feel of it joking around. I said, I'm going to run it. And so we got up to the match. We got up there early enough that they had a zero board up. Um, I checked my zero. I was two tits high, two tits left, made made the adjustment, hit dead center, buried another one right on top of it and called it good. So don't yeah, yeah. don't make changes the night before a match. <laughs> you said like you said, we went out coyote hunting that Friday. Didn't see didn't see anything, so we aren't gonna do an episode on that. Hurt some. We're gonna go back out there and give it another shot. There's quite a bit of land we didn't get a touch, but <clears throat> Yeah, we were talking about it with the ride home. Like, and it was based off last year. Last year, you did a lot of tinkering with a lot of your right. stuff, kind of changed everything. I was like, yeah, oh, you said you aren't going to do it this year. I kind of challenged you. And lo and behold, eight or nine o'clock at night, you send me your setup in a in a text message or on Messenger or wherever. Yeah. And you have the whole thing all set up. I was like, oh, here, here we go. Yeah, I think last year I changed something before every match. Um, more is just to see what it would do, how it would affect me. Um, you know, last year with the COVID, it was kind of a crap year anyway. So I, I was just more having fun. Swore up and down I wasn't going to do it. And then here, first match. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think you've got your setup. Yeah. So, um I was shooting basically the same thing, MG2, 109s, Dasher. Um, I had an APA. I think it's a Gen 3, Fat Bastard Break. Basically all the same stuff. Uh, zero compromise scope. That's the first time I've had it out for a competition. Yeah, that is the first match you've run with that scope. Yeah, so – and we'll get into it, but my gear was running flawless. I went out. Uh, actually, after we did that practice sessions, that was with some older ammo. I went out, ran. I've got 400 pieces of virgin alpha brass. So I loaded it up. I loaded all 400 over that real cold week we had. And it's running a little faster than I wanted, but I got all 400 loaded up. So I went out, ran it over the, the chronograph. And instead of running a five shot string like I usually do, I shot a 10 shot string. 
and my ES was six and my uh, SD was like 2.2. So there's no way I can blame my gear on my finish from this match, which we are about to get into. So, yeah. Um, what were the stages? So we, we both tried a great planes and we'll go over some of the changes they made, but we kind of knew what some of the distances were going to be and some of the stages, like you kind of have an idea once you shoot them enough. So what were some of the stages you were, uh, you were not looking forward to? Was there any that, that we had shot previously that, that you didn't want to shoot or you weren't really looking forward to props stages? Um. Well, that spinner, that spinner really got us last time. They, they have half a spinner. It's just the bottom half of a spinner. Um, and usually they set it. It's usually kind of a prone stage. Um, and where it sits on the range has a tendency to have really high um, mirage. So it's hard to see the target. It's low to the ground. You got ground mirage. Um, so... I wasn't really looking forward to that one. They still had that target out there, but they had it in a completely different area. So that wasn't a problem, but the, um, so that was one I wasn't kind of looking forward to, but really how they had it changed. It didn't really matter. Yeah. The one I wasn't looking forward to, which they changed up this time, but that long range, a thousand, 1100 yard stage used to shoot on top of the Conoxes. This time we shot it from that from uh, kind of like the roof of a deuce and a half. Yeah, it was deuce and a half, yep. That one always ate my – which last year I was shooting a BR and I, I really didn't have it dialed in like I've had this thing dialed in. And that thing ate my lunch, I think, the two different times I went up there. 1,100 yards on a great – I mean, it's a decent-sized target. It's pretty generous. Yeah. This time I shot it a lot better. And it was actually – I think we went two different targets at 800 and some odd yards. And then went out to that 1,000 and – 90 or 1,000 and something, and actually did pretty good on that stage. So that one that one surprised me. That's one that I was dreading, but did pretty good on. Um, were there any stages after we're done, stages that you really liked? Um, stages I really liked. Um, actually, all of them. All of them were pretty well thought out. Um, I kind of like – I actually um, – even though I dropped two on it and it was a little tough, I actually kind of like the the rooftop. Um, it wasn't a traditional rooftop. They had it – you know, you had to actually put your bag on the angle um, and shoot from four different positions uh, or five positions. Five, so yeah. Two on each side and one from the center from the peak. But you were never on the rooftop. But, but trying to get your bag to set just right – at that angle and keep your rifle on it, keep it steady was, was a challenge, but it, it was a pretty fun stage. I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. I like the, uh, obviously I ended up cleaning them both, but that might be one reason I liked them both, but the rocks <laughs> and the tank traps. So I like the movement. So yeah. the rocks were five different rocks and actually two targets. So you, you chose one rock, shot a target and then moved to a little bit smaller target and then move rock shot those two targets so i like that i like the movement and then tank traps just because i usually shoot them pretty good and that was those were one target but quite a bit of movement within yep. the within the time limit so i like that um my least favorite stage was stage one 
So almost embarrassed to even talk about this. I wouldn't even want to do this episode just for this. So I told myself, no mental that's mistakes. That's why we're here. That's What's why that? we're here. Yeah, I know. I know. That's, <laughs> this is a record of, it's my own little record of what I've done. So, so stage one, um, I'm up first. We'll get up, get set up there. And it was it actually was that spinner, but it was in a different spot like you're talking about. Yeah. Um, no burn behind it, just kind of out in a cut beam field. And it doesn't really have a berm in front of it. It just kind of has a, a rolling hill as part of the field. Yeah, it was a wind, it was it was a windrow. Yeah. Wind so kind of had that in front of it. Um 500 and some odd yards. I think it's probably a maybe an eight or a 10 inch circle on the bottom of the the spinner, something like that. So I'm up first, getting all my stuff around, telling myself all this. I get my wind, and lo and behold, I leave the dope in my kestrel and on my gun from our practice session, which was like 400 yards. And I didn't change it in my kestrel. I didn't change it on my scope. And I think I ended up getting one. I might have even skipped it in there. I don't know. And I didn't figure – so my Kestrel was downstairs. We were shooting on top of the Connex. Had to walk, part of it was walking up to the Connex on time. So I didn't have my Kestrel with me. I didn't write it down on my little dope sheet, which I think I'm going to start doing that just to confirm stuff, just like a little checklist for me. Um, and I was, so I'm up there, I'm shooting, and I'm hitting just on top of that berm in front. So I can't really tell. Obviously, it's about 150 yards in front of the target now that I think about it. And once I got done and you, you found, you figured it out right away before I even did. Cause I was shooting, I was coming up low. I actually dialed, I held a half mil dialed a half mil. I think I ended up needing to come up total to, to be on target was I think like another mil and two tenths or something like, like another 1.2 mils to be on target. So anyway, what I learned from it, like I said, I was the first shooter. I was trying to hurry. I, I didn't want to be the guy holding everybody up. And I just needed to take a little bit more time for me, confirm all my stuff twice, make sure I got everything good to go, and then uh, then get after it. I was just in a hurry. And in my mental mistake idea, went out <laughs> went out the window on the first stage. <laughs> so, and then you get up there right after me and clean it, and started and started your day, pretty rock salt. So, yeah. So. So for anybody that hasn't hasn't been up to Ottawa, up to Great Plains, um, I'm not going to like try to tell you which direction everything sits. I'm just going to give a basic description. Um, Saturday, what makes that range tough is it's across an open field, which is great. But except for one area where you drive in and part of the field over there, there's a big wide open spot the entire range is surrounded by trees. So, and they go all the way they, and they wrap around even behind you. So the only way the wind truly comes in is through that gap. And so you can't feel it at your back. So every time you, you, you have a six mile an hour wind, you're measuring and you look out there and the mirage is telling you there ain't no way it's a six mile an hour wind. It's a lot more, it's a lot less. Um, you feel swirls 
it, it, it's a tough range because of the conditions that it causes, which is, which is rough. Um, I was fortunate enough to benefit from Jared's unfortunate on the first one, because that target wasn't easy with no berm. Um, my first wind guess was lucky enough. I hit the right edge of the plate. So I almost got winded, but because it was a clean plate, I was able to see my impact and I was able to adjust and, and, and clean that. But yeah, that was, it was pure dumb luck that it, Jared left it clean for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I'll, I'll mark that one up as a, all right. I hooked, I hooked him up. I think, in fact, I looked at the scores. You might be the only person that cleaned it that day, which wind picked up as the day went on, but yeah, you might've been the only one that cleaned it that day. And yeah, I'm sure the, you're welcome. I'm sure the clean, clean plate helped out. But yeah, I remember you saying I was I was up there kind of sulking in my being distraught, and I, I spotted for the rest of the crew. And yeah, I remember you saying that you saw that first one and adjusted, and then you were basically just hammering on that first one. So did you have any least favorite? I don't know if you can even qualify for a least favorite stage. Oh, that popper stage. That, that popper stage, and honestly, it's one of those that so the stage is two poppers, one at 400, one at 500 something. Um, railroad ties, you had to go from five different railroad ties, take one shot at each popper. Uh, you were allowed to dial one distance, hold over the other uh, was the stage. And those, those poppers are three tenths wide. Uh, yeah, with a gusty wind and, and ground mirage, it, it, that, that was a tough stage. I, I, did, I don't think, like I said, it, any day, if there would have been a constant wind, cleanable. If it had been a calm day, cleanable. With the type of day that was, we were having, um, to clean it would have been, would have been phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody cleaned that one. I looked that one up too. I think it was, well, we had a guy in ours, Brian went seven out of 10. I think the highest was eight. There's a couple eights, eight yeah. out of tens on that one. Cause yeah, that was, that one is hard, but I, we'll get into that. There was a, there was a good mix, but we'll get into that once we start talking about the way Tim set up the, the course yep. of fire. But, um, so basically all in all, let's go with, let's hear some numbers. How, how'd you end up? Um, I ended up hitting, uh, 81 out of 98. So it was 98. Was that correct? 98 possible. Yep. Yep. So I, I, I hit not 81 out of 98. I dropped 17 points. Yeah. So, and brought home the, the number one plate. And I, I did, I took first by three points over Eric bull who, uh, had a 78. So, um, he, he actually was in our squad also shot very well. So, yeah, yeah, we had, yeah, you had, you took home first. Eric was in our squad. He took home second. Michael Augustine took home uh, junior. Yep. He shot real well. Uh, I ended up shooting 61 out of 98. So extremely unhappy with my performance. Um, yeah, that, that last stage that we just talked about the uh, railroad ties and the poppers. I took a one on that one as well. So in two, 
stages, you had you had me beat. <laughs> I had I dropped more I dropped more shots in two stages than you did the whole day. So I was I was no competition for you. So a little upset in my performance. Not that anyone else that scored a sixty one or less should be upset at all. I for me kind of beat myself up. I, I shouldn't uh, I believe I shouldn't have shot that bad, especially that mental mistake. If I could have got six or seven out of that, that that takes me up into 12th, 13th place already. Because it was a pretty close. There was four of us at 61, four or five at 62. Like, it was a pretty close after it got after you and Eric. There were two or three people at almost every score. Yeah, that's that's the thing. The, men, the mental mistakes are tough because that's uh, actually Michael Augustine being a U shooter. Um, he asks a lot of great questions. He, he doesn't overly ask questions, which is great but he is curious and he picks, he picks opportune times to ask questions, which is great. So I do like squatting with him and his dad, Ron. Um, they are, they're always fun to squad with. Um, but, but Michael had asked, you know, what, what's your goal today? And my goal was, you know, no mental mistakes. It's always my goal. Um, I know if I don't have any mental mistakes, I'm going to shoot well, I'm going to place well. So I even had the one on the Jeep, um, same thing. The, the stage was two shots from, from inside the Jeep and then moved to the hood at a different target. And that first shot I sent right when I squeezed the trigger, the thought went through my brain, you didn't dial your dope. And I, I hit, yeah, hit like 10 feet out in front of it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that was a fun stage too, from inside the yeah shot from inside out, inside the vehicle, out the window, obviously, at like a 200 yard target and then yeah out to the hood and shot a 400 or 450 yard target that was yeah. that was a fun stage too i dropped i think i dropped one on that one so oh if i could have got rid of a couple stages i could have compete but so yeah i shot 61 out of 98 so like a 60 percent not what i'm looking for i'm i'm trying to get in the 70 percent or or better hit ratio impact ratio however you look at it so you were up in the 80s or close to the 80s between 81 and for 81 and 98. So you were definitely in the running. You keep that percentage going. You're going to be doing real well this season, obviously. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to keep riding that to stay up there in the upper seventies, 80%. Um, my goal is to have at least one, um, two 90% matches. That would be phenomenal. Um, I, I, and I'm not talking a club match. I, to run an 80%, to a 90% match on a two day will be, will be a pinnacle for me this year. Yeah. That kind of gets into our, uh, our next one. What's, what's your uh, next match? What's, what's your plans for your next competitive? Um, for sure. I'm shooting the Southwind, um, uh, which is up in Tipton, up at Ringneck Ranch. Uh, Michael Beamer and Tyson um, are the MDs. So that, that one is for sure. I've paid my entry fee. Um, I'm on the fence about shooting another club match before then. Um, we have two. We have the Twin Peaks, um, which is also the Border Wars finale, and then we have uh, STC at Conway. Um, those both fall on weekends. I'm kind of on call for work. Uh, I'm on call every other weekend, so it gets a little tough for those, so I'm on the fence about them. Um, I hate to to ask people to take my weekends. So 
we'll we'll kind of see how that turns out. But I know you. What's your next one? My next one will be the club match on the twenty seventh of March at STC. Okay, is my next one on my schedule. Um, I think Chris is even he's shooting Southwind with you. Yeah, he said he had registered. I can't shoot Southwind. I don't have the Manning at work, and where I work in the position I fill it, I can't just take off. I've got to have certain people to fill it. So yeah, I won't be I, able to. I know this shows about not being sponsored or a team shooter, but honestly, <laughs> if anybody wants to pay Jared and I to shoot so we don't have to work weekends and can make matches, we're willing to accept that. Oh, I'll take bribes. <laughs> Sponsorship bribes. That, yeah, don't, don't think I'm above that. So, or if you work for me. If you got some some firefighter certificates, and then let me know because I will trade some time. Would I ever? I would much rather be out shooting. But I've got I, we've got a pretty good schedule planned for the year. I think. Yeah, I think we do. So we, we're trying to get some more two days. We've talked about this, but between you and I and Chris, we're trying to we're getting a handful of two days in. You know, yeah. three three or four something like that. We've got planned at least for now and then sprinkle some club matches and practice in, in between there. And like we were talking about it, we had a what two hour, two and a half hour ride up there and a two, two and a half hour ride back that we were talking about. Yeah. Just trying to get out to some different ranges this year, something we're not familiar with just to change things up and really open our eyes, especially those two days. I think, It'll start opening our eyes to other stuff and just watching other people. All it's going to do is help us and we'll learn from it. Yep. So what are you going to, what do you plan on working on before your next match? Is there any weaknesses that you saw at the great Plains match that you plan on working on to get better? Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the mental mistake, um, the transition on the, the mental mistake, um, it's, it was another part you know, the rooftop, I said, I dropped two on the rooftop. I, I threw my bag up. It was, I, I had, I had cleaned it up until the last two. I dropped the very last two shots on that. Um, I wasn't in a hurry, but I threw my bag up. It, it wasn't holding on the roof quite well. Um, and I, I forced it. I kind of muscled the rifle, try to hold it steady and muscle it and, and force the shot. And I missed, um, reset my bag. Still didn't get it quite good enough, but I still took the shot and missed. So um, gonna work on on the mental part of if you're not set, don't take the shot, you know, um, reset. I, I would have been better off taking up the 30, 40 seconds I had left to get my bag as solid as I could and got one point out of that than dropping two trying to force both of them. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, so mine's going to be the mental piece, which I can't guarantee it, but I can say 95 to 98 percent. I will never, at least for the rest of the season, not have the wrong dope on my deal because I will remember this. And that's usually how I learn my lessons is the hard way or the expensive way. So this was a this was a hard lesson to learn and that won't happen again. I'll find some other way to mess something up and then try to fix it. But so yeah. mental, for me, it's the mental piece and. I noticed as the the day went on, I wasn't watching where I was impacting. Like I I knew I was hitting steel and I knew I was close, but I wasn't watching. Was it swinging left? Was it swinging right? 
do I need to bring him back a tenth or two tenths one way or the other just to try to get center of play? So some of my misses were just off edges, I think, because I wasn't concentrating after I pulled the trigger. I, was, I think I was plenty steady on the majority of the stuff, more steady than I've ever been. And it was just that lack of concentration after I pulled the trigger and my follow through. So I'm going to try and work on that. I'm going to work them up all through too. You, you'd film me, you had filmed me that one and I was actually watching it and I jumped on that. Um, I'm, I'm staying on the rifle. I'm paying attention. I, I was spotting my impacts, but I noticed my, my trigger finger was pulling the trigger. And as soon as the rifle would go off, I, I, you know, it would jump away from the trigger. Um, and so I wasn't, my follow through wasn't perfect. So I'll be working on that also. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. Yeah. That's one thing I've been trying to practice on is holding that trigger back kind of like in the, like an AR style or the military style, hold it back. So on an AR you'd hear it reset, but obviously it doesn't work on a bull gun, but that's what I'm trying to do. And then obviously just seeing where I'm hitting the steel, which way it's swinging, what's going on. I really got to work on that for the, for the next shot. Um, let's see. So let's get into this. Overall impressions, impression of the match. Um, it was a great match. Uh, it was let's, a great match in the fact that it had some really challenging stages. It had, um, you know, like I said, nothing was on nothing. There was nothing I didn't think that you couldn't clean. Um, the conditions made the, the, the poppers really tough to clean, but like I said, um, you can't always predict the, predict the weather. So that is, is what it is. Start with, but it, let's start with, like you're saying, let's start with the course of fires. I want, there's a couple different things I want to talk about. Okay. On the impression. So yeah, go ahead. The course of fire piece. What was your impression? The course of fire was great. Um, Every stage was pretty pretty straightforward. Of course, fire ten rounds, um, except the PRS uh, skill stage, which is eight, so it made it a ninety-eight round match. And uh, it had a good mix because it, nobody was going to walk away from that match without getting some impacts. Um, we had quite a few new shooters, which is good. Um, so you never want them to walk away feeling frustrated. So it, it did have some good stages for them, and it had some challenging stages for the experienced shooter, which is great. Yeah, so that's the same thing I want to say. So Tim, Tim Yoder, run, run and set up the course of fire. He's walking around asking. We actually talked to him about it. That yeah, there were some that they weren't gimmies. Like I don't think any of the stages were just great big meatball stages. No, but there's you know some that we both cleaned and cleaned a couple in a row. But then yeah, you get down to that. 400, 500 yard poppers that are three tenths wide with some mirage and shooting off of uh, positional, shooting off those railroad ties. And that kind of starts separating people. So there were some easy, there were some hard. There's long range, mid range. They even had a, well, that one Jeep target was a, like a bobcat at 200 yards. So there was some close, there mm-hmm. was some long, the intermediate. So the course of fire was great, I think. Yes. Had a, had a great, great setup. Um, impressions of great planes. They've changed some stuff around. What do you think? What do you think about uh, what yeah, they've done? They built a, um, 
the, the, they still run a firing line type range. So everything's in a row, which is nice. Um, they've added some barricades, um, some new props, which is nice. Uh, put in some rock for parking, picnic tables everywhere, which is great. Um, Tim and, and David are really good about putting up shade because there's really no shade along there. So putting up the shade, which is great. Um, this is the second time they've had the food truck. Uh, it is Topeka barbecue, by far amazing barbecue. Um, show up, um, kind of surprised everybody. Um, we, most of us went in thinking it was a $50 match fee. And then they asked if we want, you know, 10 bucks for lunch. So I, I try to hand her $60 and she said, oh, no, 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 it's $40 match fee. And, you, you know, we just need $50 if you want lunch. So $50 for a lunch, um, great course of fire and, and a prize table. Um, that's kind of unbeatable. Yeah, same here. So great planes. So it used to, like you had mentioned it, used to be, well, last year, there were some parking issues. So the parking area wasn't real big, you know, parking on the hill. Um, now, this year, it's longer. Like the firing line is longer, so you have room. Yep. People backing up their vehicle, trucks are pulling their cars in along the railroad ties, along the gravel. Plenty of room. That's another piece of it. They added more stages. So there it was. We basically, last year, we basically used every stage, had a prop, and we used every one of them. This year, they've expanded it, so there's more room for one. And there are props that we didn't even end up using that they have for other matches or whatever. Mm -hmm. So just spread it out. But yet it's not too far that, you know, you need to carry all your stuff and, and you're going to wear yourself out going from one end to the other when you when you circle back around to the other stages. Uh, like you said, the shade, they added another Connex box and you should kind of shoot yep. out of windows on top of Connex box. So that was a whole new stage. Uh, like you said, the props last year, the last um, competition we shot up there, they actually tore down the PRS barricade because it was, <laughs> it was a little wobbly. So they, tear, wobbly. They, they tore it down right there at the end, and they've got a new nice metal, heavy-duty, sturdy PRS barricade set up. Yeah. All, their, all their props were solid that I shot it, that we shot it. But. Yeah, they were, yeah, everything was solid. So that was good. Like you had mentioned, the price, 40 bucks for a regional qualifier with a price table. The food was ridiculous. I threw him a shout out last time we were up there. He was the same food. Shout out. I need to go to Topeka more often to get barbecue because you could choose from a pulled pork sandwich or a burn-in sandwich. And the burn-ins, there's no reason to even have pulled pork. That burn-in was ridiculous. I, I am a huge burn-in fiend. There's a uh, place in Wichita here, Bite Me Barbecue. Their special on Thursdays is Burnt Ends. Um, they've always kind of been my favorite. I'm sorry if anyone that eats there thinks they're the best, they're second place now. I'm sorry, they're second place. <laughs> I don't know how he gets his Burnt Ends like that, but they are superb. Yeah, I need to go to Topeka more often because I will. If you know me or if you even see me, you know I like to eat and I love some barbecue and they make some great barbecue. So big shout out to them and to Tim for having them, Tim and Dave for bringing them down and 10 bucks. You get 
we got a sandwich, chips, pickle, cookie. I mean, it was yep. it was a good setup for ten bucks, and it was kind of nice to just we got in a slow spot, rent and grab our food, come back and ate, and then kept on shooting. So that was nice. So nothing but good things to say. They're definitely making the range better, and they can. We got to talking to Tim. They do some long range stuff up there, and they can actually get out to twenty one hundred yards. They said. Yeah. When they start doing the King of Steel or the King of KC or whatever. I can't remember yep. what that match is called. But. King of KC, yeah. So, yeah, he, they've got it pretty well set up, and, and they're doing nothing but expanding it and making it better. And the one big thing, Tim had mentioned it at the at the meeting, but they're basically there for the shooter. So, like I said, 40 bucks for a regional qualifier with a prize table. I mean, where else are you going to find that? Yeah. Uh, they it, also it, Go ahead. Oh no! The other thing is too is he had he had so if anybody shot an actual PRS uh, match, not PRS style, but PRS match, they hand out a trophy for open trophies for top junior, top female, um, top mill, LEO. All he had trophies for all that. So he did the whole array, a trophy for every category and everything like that. Um, so. To have all that for that price, it's it's pretty nice. So, yeah, yeah. He he mentioned the shooters. Mean they they're there for the shooters, and yeah. I I believe him. Like he he's not making a ton of money. He's still I'm sure he's still making some sort of money, or the range is making some sort of money. But he is definitely giving back to the shooters. In fact, I don't know how many new shooters I should have asked him, but new shooters they had that that morning. Go down there. They had a bunch of chronos set up, lab radars set up for people to shoot, like get get their dope right there for the new shooters. They're kind of checking the new shooters, make sure they had the dope and it is staying safe. But if if you didn't have it, you could have showed up that morning, got your dope, and you're ready to shoot the match. In fact, you had one you had one shooter you were talking to, and another guy had brought him a stop for him to use. And yep. And you were talking to him about reloading, and that was his first match. There's a couple other Eric brought. One of the guys up. Oh shoot, what was his name? Ben. 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 It was his first match. He shot great for his first match, but there were a lot of yeah, David first Cook. time shooters. David Cook was the guy I was talking to. Um, yeah, and AJ Marnerville. I probably just butchered his last name. Brought him a stock. Um, it was his first match, but like you said, Tim went up. Tim and David. David Powell is is the guy that always helps Tim. They went above and beyond, like you said. They had they had lab radar set up. They told people show up, get you know, make sure your zero's there. Let's check your speed. Let's get your dope. But Tim even went beyond that because you got the email, I got the email. He sent it out an email, and I don't know if he sent it to everybody or just people he knew, but he sent out an email asking if you'd be willing willing to have a new shooter in your squad to take under your wing and help. And I, that's to me, that's going above and beyond and really helping out new shooters, which is only going to help the sport grow. Yeah. Yeah. And there were, I should have gotten numbers, but there were one of the, one of the best matches I've seen for new shooters. There were a lot of them there, which was, which was real good. Out of 63, I couldn't have guessed. I had at least maybe a dozen new shooters. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe got down to single digits, nine or 10, but. There were a lot of new shooters. I think didn't hear anything bad when you you know you're walking around talking to other folks. Didn't hear anything bad or or negative about it. 
So I think everybody had a good time. Um, like I said, 63 shooters. So with components, you never know. It was the first match of the season and everybody's pumped to get out there and start shooting. And it's a regional qualifier. So if you're, you're trying to chase points or whatever for PRS, but 63 shooters, I thought was a pretty good, pretty good showing. There was Clay's two day match was going on. So you had some of the, I think you had some of the big names were there that, that we would have had show up. So it could have been even more, but for 63 shooters with a two day match going on, not far away from here, I think is a pretty, pretty good turnout. Yeah, I think it was a great turnout. Um, let's see. One other thing. The, so the prize table, it, it wasn't a huge – I mean, it's not a two-day national match prize table, but some of the stuff I just took note of on the prize table. So someone pulled a foundation loading block off that thing. Yeah, I don't know who that was. Took that home, yeah, yeah. There's a little jealousy floating around about that. I think Ron tried snagging it. I tried snagging it from you, but you end up making it home with it. Um, Bushnell had some – I think Eric picked up some Bushnell binos. Yeah, he picked up a pair of Forge binos. RCBS had a bunch of swag and stuff on there. I yeah. said load block. AB suppressors, That's I think that's one that Tim works with. That's right up around there. So they had a cert for a 22 suppressor on there. Yeah, Shane. Shane Bryan picked that up. Yeah, um, Shane. He, up. Took, he took third place um, overall and top. Uh, Mill or Leo, he's he's a law officer up or law enforcement up there. He took top Leo. Um, he picked up that suppressor, that little rimfire suppressor. So, yeah. So there, I mean, there's some there's some decent stuff sitting sitting out there, and there were some there were some targets and a lot of swag stuff like that. So, yeah, that's the thing. There was there wasn't really there was about four or five major things on that table. Um, but a lot of just little things, koozies, hats, everything. But it, but it was a prize table. It was a prize table, which is nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that, that worked out real well. Um, let's see. I think that's about it. Anything else you wanted to add? Anything coming up that, that you wanted to add? You kind of mentioned it, so a little teaser. Um, Chris has some breaks. One of them you were running. And we're going to try and do some testing on that and get the owner on. So we'll have, we're going to have more about that, but a little teaser for some, from stuff to come. We're trying out some breaks from that machine, machine and company. So. Yep. Um, um, the only thing I've got, um, it was a question that, that Michael Augustine asked me again. Um, Ron's boy asked me something and it kind of, it kind of struck me, struck me as different. Like I said, Eric Bull was in our group and I even kind of, looked at Eric and asked the question to him and we kind of laughed. Um, you know, we talk about no mental mistakes. We talk about nothing like this, but, but Michael asked me the question, he goes, Hey, what's your plan on this stage? And at first I thought he meant, you know, how are you going to run it? And I said, what do you, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to throw my bag. I'm going to throw my bag up there and run it. And he said, no, no, no. What's the, you know, are you, you're going to, you, are you planning on five, six? Are you... And I stopped and I looked at him. And I said, I'm going to clean it. He goes, really? He goes, really? He kind of laughed. I said, no, Michael, I'm, I'm going to clean it. I approach a stage that I don't think I'm going to clean. I look at the barricade. I plan it out. I'm going to go up there. I'm going to run it. I'm going to clean it. I looked at Eric and I said, how do you approach a stage? He goes, I'm going to clean every one of them. Um, yeah. 
I remember Michael asking. What's that? I remember Michael asking you that. I kind of sent him back. He's like, oh, wait, you don't plan on getting a – I think he said, yeah, you don't plan on getting a six or you don't plan on – yeah, no, never plan, never plan, never plan that. Go up there with the intention to clean it. Um, and the reason being is, yeah, you're going to miss. Things are going to happen. But don't go up there selling yourself short. Go up there with the intention to clean it. Um, the other thing we talked about, lessons learned. Um, the one thing, the urge, I fought the entire match, which was I was glad to. Um, the rock stage. A lot of people try to run their bipod off. Those rocks are, are wider. So they, they scooted their bipod back on the rail and uh, tried to run their bipod. Um, when I approached that sage, I thought, ooh, I could maybe run a bipod, but I think I'm just going to throw my bag up there and run it off the bag. But I stayed with that plan. I cleaned it. Um, there was um, a stage Eric ran a tripod on, and again, it crossed my mind, ooh, I could run a tripod. No, just Throw your bag up there. That's how you've been practicing. That's how you've been dry firing. Just throw your bag up there and run it. And so I, I resisted trying to change last minute things on a stage. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember the, you and I talked about the rocks quite a bit. Some of the guys run the bipods. Yeah. We're like, oh man, I don't, you and I were both like, yeah, we could, we could scoot our bipods back, but I think just shooting it off a bag is going to be the way to go. And, yeah, you and I both did it and ended up shooting it, shooting it pretty well. And yeah, the other tripod stage, I was debating on that too. That was another one, just kind of threw the bag on there and, yeah. and went at it. Um, yeah, that's another one I need to throw on mine, just do my own thing. Like, I can't remember which stage it was, but had the shooter before me shot. And she, she come off there, uh, Ramia, she come off there and like, oh, I, just, I held straight up and she cleaned it. Yeah, and it had me second guessing because mine was telling me like three tenths of wind, and I was I'm obviously shooting something a little slower than what she's shooting. I was like, "Oh shoot, all right, so I'll go I'll go a tenth." Well, I get up there and I missed that first one, and that was one I was measuring. If I would have went three tenths, I would have cleaned that stage. So I just need to stay out of my own way is what I think it is. I think get a plan, shut everybody else out, and just start running, running with the way I thought of. And if it doesn't work out, then it's on me. But usually my first my first idea or my first thought is what's going to work in the end anyway. Yeah. At least for me. Like, I practice a lot with just one bag and just shooting off a bag. So those rocks, like I said, that was one of my – the more fun stages, one I like the most, but it was one of the easiest for me because that's a lot of the way I practice. It's just a one bag, throw my gun on it, press down on it, and go. Yep. So I think if I would have messed with my bipods, I, I, I uh, come to imagine that I wouldn't have cleaned it because it was a lot of fiddling around with, with the bipods and trying to get the rear bag and shoot. Some of the guys even had their, their bipod pulled almost all the way back and the bag was almost underneath their uh, the trigger guard because yep. it was the rocks, you know, were that short. So I don't, I don't think that would have worked well for me. So yeah, I just get my ideas and, and not listen to everybody else as much as I do, even though I think you're going to hear them anyway, you know, but you know, like you said, come up with a plan and just stick with it. But let's see anything else. I think I've got everybody we talked about on here, try and tag them. Get yep. all this going. 
No, I, I don't have anything else. Um, I'm, I'm hungry for burn ins now, but yeah, I know, now. right? I just I just ate barbecue tonight. Like I said, if you've seen me or you know me, I like to eat. I like some barbecue. So if yeah. you're in the Topeka area, I need to get up. We don't really go through Topeka, but if I ever do, I'm gonna stop by there and get some. Because man, they got a they got a brick and mortar too. I've looked them up. They got that trailer, yeah. and then they've got a brick and mortar too. So yep, check them out. Topeka Barbecue Shop. I'll tag I'll tag them on here too if you if you're in the area and check them out. But any parting parting shots, Chad? Um, no, um, no party shots. Huge shout out to Kansas Arms Supply and Chris Baxter for, you know, for support here and, and lefties. So that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. You were wearing some lefties gear. So thank, thanks for representing because I wasn't representing that well. <laughs> and yeah, Chris hooked you up with that break, which like I said, we're going to have, we're going to have at least do one show on it, if not a few more and test those out. That thing. I remember asking you halfway through, I was like, what do you think of that thing? He's like, oh man, this thing, this thing is awesome. I'll keep the other details down for now, but you're like, oh man, this thing is awesome. I was like, oh shoot. I wish I would have put one on like it. Not that it's not that it's a fix for everything, but the way you were talking about it, I was like, oh man, that thing's gotta be nice. So we'll get some more info out about those and some the name and hopefully get the owner on even to, to really talk about it. So yep. Or to come on that. But in the meantime, if you don't have anything else, Chad, congrats. Bring home you. that number one plate. That was nice to even just to ride home with the number one plate. I kind of get some bragging points for that. I'm going to brag around that I rode up with the number one guy and rode back with the number one guy. There you go. And uh, Oh, you had KPRC stuff. So we talked to Ryan last episode about the KPRC swag and memberships. You had that stuff was giving it out, obviously – if you're listening and you want to be a part of the KPRC, sign up and yeah. hit up. I think it's mainly be, hit up Beamer or Chad, and they've they've got swag or can tell you how to get the swag once you sign up. Yeah, I've got to get that back to uh, Beamer this week. So yeah, just just hit us up or sign up through Practice Score, and we'll get we'll get you hooked up. Yeah. So all right, we'll let you off here, Chad. Congrats again. Bring on that number one in the regional. That's that's a pretty big deal. That's I've got you up there in points. Hopefully the rest of the season turns out well. Cool. Thank you. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Bye. Bye.